0: Welcome everybody, to the Flagship Podcast. I am Chip Brown of Horns 24-7 and very excited to be joined by burgeoning broadcaster, uh, former UT Longhorn fullback. His nickname was Headache, and I want to ask him about how much he weighs now, because I saw when he was listed with the Detroit Lions, he was like, it listed at 250. I don't think he's 250 anymore, but Will Matthews. Will, how you doing?
1: really really good uh, so let's answer that question first off how much do I weigh I'm 220 to 225 and that Delta between when I played and now is mostly just in my dreads after I cut those off I lost about 25
0: I mean right there right then and there you were just slimming up so it. your walk around weight is 225
1: yeah try to stay around there I mean there's not many opportunities for for me to be a fullback in life outside of the football. So it's like, why carry the weight? You know, stay slender. Your suit fits a little better. You know. Oh yeah.
0: That. Well, yeah, you're looking good. I mean, let's let's make no mistake about that. Um, and you know, you survived the Detroit Lions.
1: <laughs> that's that's definitely the best way to put it. I mean, it it was it was really a test of, uh, of fortitude to be honest cuz i mean you go, you go to university of texas and we during that time you you remember i mean we won almost every game that we played and then i went to detroit i'm ready to play in the nfl do my thing and we lost almost every game that we played so uh, sorry about that being a country being a country boy from austin and being from texas and going up to the snow
0: that's tough that's tough I grew up in Michigan um Where,
1: where were you in the in the hand
0: so in the hand I was over here no I was over here okay yeah so on the other side I was on the other I was born in Detroit but I grew up in Kalamazoo Michigan which is across Southwest Michigan but the Lions are the team that you know I grew up with and I'm I'm fascinated with Bobby Lane Bobby Lane because he played at Texas. The guy mm-hmm. was a wild man. You know, you've heard stories about him, like getting in a car wreck before he pitched a no hitter against A&M. And he was like drinking beer to medicate the, you know, the car accident pain. He didn't want Bib Falk to know that he'd been in the car wreck, but he yeah. throws a no hitter and college station and like walks off, you know, with the hook and the guy's like a legend. Then he goes to Detroit, wins the only world championship the lions have ever won. And they trade him to Pittsburgh. And he's like, this franchise is going to be cursed for the next 50 years. And of course they've been cursed now for 70 years. Like it's going on 70. Yeah.
1: And you know, we'll get into this a little bit more when we talk about the longhorns and, and um, last year and this year culture. Yeah. Um, I remember, and this is a secret behind the scenes at the Detroit Lions in the locker room when they when guys would say, hey, man, the whole goal here is to play as hard as you can and get your next contract and go to the next place. So even inside of the locker room, people were, you know, just in that it just in that stream going, well, you know, we're probably not going to win, but is what it is hard one.
0: Yeah, I was happy for Matt Stafford to get out yeah. and, you know, win a championship after giving everything he had to the Lions for years. So, yeah. But enough about that, Will. Mm-hmm. I do want to take you back because you played sure. at Texas sure. in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. You were there. Uh, your final season was 2004, the, the yeah. Michigan Rose Bowl year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you were opening holes for Cedric Benson. Yeah. Said B. And I mean, obviously, God bless said B. I, it's still I I want to get your thoughts on it because it's still like is a shock. I walk into Moncrief. I see his picture yeah. in the meeting room and I'm just like, you know, he was a neighbor of mine up on Shepherd Mountain for years. And I just can't believe he's gone. And I, I just want to, you know, have you take us back to, you know, be in around him all the time and, and uh, being teammates and just your thoughts on said B.
1: Well, I mean, I walked on the campus as a running back fullback and was, I would, I was my own guy and doing my own thing. And I've always had my own opinion about everything and, and went and went onto that campus and, and kind of got swallowed up to be honest. All of the hoopla and craziness and everything was, to- was, was totally different, and I needed a second to get acclimated. The next year, a dude walked on the campus, and we had similar disposition on how we saw life, and we connected really quickly and really easily. And what we what we begin to develop during that time while we were there was just you know the swagger that Texas tough that. You know, it doesn't matter what that team does or what anybody does, we're gonna do our thing. And 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 one of the wonder most wonderful things that I remember about said B was and, and a lot of people don't know this is um, just how kind and and gentle and, and cool and funny and, and weird this guy was. And and you know, we would sit and talk about life and talk about everything and and he brought that swagger and that Texas tough into everything that he did, and re- until today, I am tougher, stronger, more focused, more connected to more connected to the future that I want to build because of Sebby, and, and that's why I keep his picture. Uh, you can see I got a, I got a picture of him and I right before the NFL Combine, hanging out. That's my brother, and I miss him.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, um, you know, he was this tough amazing running back, number three rusher, you know, in Texas history. Um, But behind the scenes, like you just said, he's a, he was a different guy. Yeah. Just, you know, what was he like as a, as a teammate or, you know, even beyond your days together at Texas?
1: Yeah. I mean, he, he always had his own flow. And uh, everybody who knows Sebby, was Sebby got to where he was going, when he got there, <laughs> it started when Sebby got there. And we, uh, when I was in Detroit, I spent quite a bit of time in Chicago, uh, going to visit him. And and in every way that he went, he made an impact. And the people who were um, ready for his message really gravitated towards him. And we we really have kind of created a. A nice little crew. Guys like Lamar Houston who went up to who went up there. I mean, a brother of mine too. And, and just just the way we do things. It he's the kind of guy that that makes a mark wherever wherever he was. And people remember him for the good and the bad, the crazy, the fun, and all of it. He was a force of nature. So
0: So things would start when Sedby got there. Yeah. How how did, did that sit with Mac Brown?
1: Well, I think I think Coach coach brown did a really 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 great job with all of us on giving us what we needed uh and then and then relying on the team and then also relying on our position coach um coach chambers uh coach haywood and coach mac would be like you guys <laughs> go and get will and go and get said b <laughs> and and that's what we did so we really kept it in house so me and said b came as a package when we were going places we were going together And coach knew that and made sure that we were doing that so that you know we can we can have fun and be hot-headed 19 year olds but still being inside of the bounds of rules and and what
0: we need to do talking to will matthews about his days at texas we'll get to his uh his new role with the texas longhorns as the sideline reporter for uh radio football radio broadcasts. um but i want Take me back to the nickname "Headache." Yeah, wasn't this a collision with you and Derek Johnson? What? What? How did? Am I making this up? What? How did I, this
1: so I actually think it came my freshman year. Dee Lewis. Didi Lewis. Didi Lewis. So and Didi Lewis. anybody knew Didi? He had the biggest head anybody's ever seen. I mean, the dude was a beast and an incredible human as that too. But uh, he was coming in the hole. I was coming in the hole. And I hit him as hard as I could. He hit me as hard as he could, and and I had a deep respect for him because as hard as he hit me, and he had a deep respect for me. I think he just started calling me "headache" and Ty, Tyrone Jones and some of the other guys, some of the older cats that stuck. And then it was it was um, emphasized heavily when DJ got there, and and. Um, I got. I kind of got kicked out of drills for uh, hitting guys too hard. Uh, How about that? Think about that. Get him out there. Get him out
0: there. there. (laughs) The fullback (laughs) is hitting the linebackers too hard. Yeah. And if we want the linebackers to play,
1: we need to get. Well, I mean, and 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 we. And that was kind of the culture that we had, you know, like everybody gave it all. Like our starters were hitting starters as hard as they could because we needed them to be as good as they needed to be for that Saturday, even in spring ball. I mean, you've you got to go all out because the best person that that your teammate is, needs to play against needs to be you. Therefore, everybody else is just, you know, you roll over everybody else. So yeah. we, we got out there and did it.
0: Well, let's take a quick break here with Will Matthews. We'll come back and and get into the culture, the culture of winning programs, because he was part of one. I mean, anyone who remembers that 2004 season, amazing season. Um, We'll be right back with Will Matthews. Will, when you go back to that 2004 season, your only loss was the, the loss to Oklahoma. Uh, but the the run, the run to the national championship started right after that. And the winning culture now there were, you know, there were players who came in who helped change things, obviously Vince young, but y'all were winning before Vince young got there. So talk about the winning culture and, and how the players pass it on. And obviously, Mac Brown was the coach the whole time. And, yeah. you know, we'll get to today. But, you know, talk about that winning culture when you were a part of the program.
1: Well, uh, I came on a recruiting trip. Um, I was a late recruit. I wasn't I wasn't like highly touted. In fact, how I got to the University of Texas was my mom took a video down and and walked in and gave it to coach uh, Greg Davis. And let's go mom. Uh, He he, he watched it and and long story short, I'm at the University of Texas, but when I walked into there, I saw Casey Hampton and Sean Rogers. Guys, I look up to you till today and they looked at you and said, you don't mess up, we don't do that, we win here. And it was like, I better figure this out. (laughs) Because it wasn't like – it wasn't that the coaches were going to get on you. It was the players. Right. Like you know, I played because Cedric deserved to have a fullback who knocked people out so that he can get those yards. And me and said did that with Casey and Lyle, Lyle Stuttered and, and Blaylock and Vince. We did that because we knew our defense was lights out. So the culture was was a circle. And the players ran the culture um, because we were going to win and nobody was gonna stop us.
0: And that's, you know that's a powerful thing. I, we we're talking to Moro Ojimo um, this week. What a great guy. What a thoughtful guy. I mean, he really wants to get this thing turned and he's like, I drive myself crazy thinking about you know, how I can get my teammates to be as obsessed about turning this thing as I am and and you know he's talking about are we doing enough because i don't know how it feels i don't know how it feels to to win i don't know i don't know if we're doing what alabama's doing i don't know if we're doing what you know the the top programs are doing you know he's like i go over to keelan robinson who came from alabama like are we doing enough you know i mean and that and dan neal used to say to me all the time he's like a winning culture feeds itself just like a losing culture feeds itself. Like- just like
1: you're so on it, Chip. It is, and, and I've been in both. at Texas, the winning culture, and I've been in Detroit with that jersey back there, and it just perpetuated. And as soon as somebody would drop a pass, I mean, just a regular things, miss a block or something would happen that wasn't favorable, everybody on the team in Detroit would go, <sighs> Here we go again. We actually lost the game before we played. And then juxtaposition between the Longhorns, we won the games before we played. Oh, uh, Oklahoma State, uh, my senior year, we're down, I think 35.
0: Seven, 40, 35, to 35
1: seven. 35 to seven, halftime. None of us panicked. We walked out into the huddle and we're laughing. Vince comes and he starts dancing. And he looks at us and he goes, guys, you ready to play? and everybody was like i guess so <laughs> and 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 that was the we just knew that when we turned it on and when we were ready that nobody could stop us in any way and and that is a circle that's perpetuated over over time and it's there it's there
0: so you and we'll tie it back into your broadcast career because you you your first season of you know, being the sideline reporter for uh, the radio broadcast for Longhorn football games was last year. How did you get into that gig? and and then we'll get into your observations?
1: Yes. well, well, a great quan cosby uh, Longhorn legend uh, underrated and hilarious human. he he stepped away from this role. So I think Quan was in the role for seven or eight years. um and then, it was time for him. He wanted to be a fan. He wanted to do some stuff with his family, and and um, I got a call from from John Bianco, and he asked if I wanted if this is something I wanted to do, and I was like, it sounds great, um, and and then it started to go from there. But really, I didn't know how hungry and how hungry I was for being on the field, and you, I'm never going to play again and that's okay. Um, I'm never, I'm never going to be in the locker room in the way that I was, but being on the field right around the energy with the guys, building relationships, talking about the game, breaking it down is, ah, is an itch that was scratched. And I'm so excited about
0: it and to continue that this year, of course. So you're, you know, you're watching the season. It was, uh, really interesting season i mean interesting is the word Chip. <laughs> is, you know the arkansas game was yeah. you know they were amped beyond belief but still yeah. texas four and one and yeah. blow out texas tech just and tech ended up going to a bowl game texas just rolls them i mean 70 35 and then they're off to the best start in, in an ou game i've ever seen
1: yeah yeah
0: that and, was and if if Spencer Rattler stays in that game, Texas wins that game by thirty. Yeah. Michaela Williams comes in. He's making plays off script. It's kind of a uh, uh, and then all of a sudden, it falls into this pattern, this crazy pattern of getting up on rank the three best teams in the conference. Texas had you know a double digit lead in the third quarter. Yeah. What did you see, Will? What what did you see that you yeah. know kind of turned it? <sighs> so
1: i mean it's a really really hard one i mean there is one of the aspects coach brown talked about it a lot the ball bouncing um there are the what we would call the football gods and sometimes they're not as favorable the ball bounces the wrong way there's that aspect and then there is the aspect of 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 culture and belief and and brotherhood and some of the things that are built in the offseason, some of those things are built with continuity. Some of those things are built with a coach that has been there longer than a year. I mean, you you got to look at it like this. I mean, Charlie Strong and then um, Tom Herman and then Coach Sark and every single one of those coaches was absolutely different in every way that they did so you're looking at some guys who were playing last year who played for all of those coaches yeah where's their stability where's their you know what are they grabbing home to what is the team and so like I really felt like the guys were really asking the question they may not have asked this out loud who are we what do we do how do we win How do we hold on to the fight at the beginning of the game? And and sometimes they were able to answer that question in a favorable way, but a lot of times not so much. And if you look at Coach Sark's first year, I mean, even being a rookie, he was a rookie last year. And they all, because of that, have to learn who is Texas, who are we, what is this? And and I think they really are making some strides to do that well this year.
0: So when you look at the – 2022 longhorns mm-hmm. you, finish, you finish the five and seven season but then this great off season
1: yeah
0: um the great recruiting class you got you you really hit the trenches hard you're bringing in some some top uh, offensive line defensive line recruits and you bring in quinn ewers at quarterback hudson cards a year in the system now but as Mora ojima was saying this week you know, I don't know if we're doing enough. I mean, they're still trying to figure it out. And you got Alabama on the schedule yeah. in week two. And even UTSA with Jeff Trailer went 12-1 and one last year. Exactly. So, you know, it's like, okay. You know, they've got to pull a lot of stuff together. There's been a lot of roster turnover.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, a lot. Like, the safety yeah. position is crazy. Yeah. They're all gone. And now you got guys moving. You know, Keaton Crawford's moving from corner to safety and anthony cook's moving oh, from yeah. to safety mo blackwell's moving from linebacker to safety yeah and and those guys all may be just dogs and ballers but yeah. they're learning a new position right there so it's is. gonna take time i mean yeah. and we know texas fan base doesn't have any patience but yeah. it's gonna take a little time right yeah.
1: You know, going back to when I met uh, Coach Stark in the beginning, there was an absolute authenticity and humility. And, you know, with a guy with a resume like that and some of the things that he's gone through, he, he you don't know how they're going to be. But the guy I really like what I've seen, how our interactions, his interactions with the team, the things he cares about in the team, the um, the big questions that he's taken on and and what the hope is. I mean, and I'm speaking for a lot of guys I've talked to and a lot of, of the old heads, I'd say, um, they like him and think that what he's got, he's got something special. And from that, it trickles down into the program, um, and you alluded to it a second ago. We're, we're not going to give him the time that he needs. Um, and with that, how how we, how are the boys digesting uh, this new culture, uh, the new players, um, the spring season? Well, and, and we haven't even talked about we're, they're going through spring, but the rook, but the but most of the rookies aren't there. Like, right. They're not getting until June. So. Right. Somebody can be solidifying their position, doing their thing, and then X player comes in and, hey, you know you're you're, you're number two. How do you deal with that? Do you still buy into the program and, and do you still decide that it's your time to fight or are you headed to the portal? And there are all these questions that are surrounding them around. But I do feel like Sark's our guy, um, and I do feel like the decisions that he's made in the off season coaching. Um, we haven't talked about Patterson yet. Right. Gary Patterson. Some of these things, like he's saying, he's, he's telling me as an ex player and athlete, I want to win. And I'm going to put these, I'm going to put these boys in the, in the right situation to have a shot to do that. So we'll see.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, and that's a, that's a great point. I mean, you bring in a guy like Gary Patterson, uh, as a special assistant, that dude's one. I mean, he's won six conference championships. Yeah. He's won a Rose Bowl. He's put a ton of dudes in the NFL. Might be bringing, you know, not bringing, but you know, Oshan Mathis who's big time, you know, edge rusher at TCU in yeah. the portal. He graduates in May. Uh, could be coming to Texas. So, um, it's there's there's a lot of positives. Yeah. And the the key is like you said to build that momentum going into the season so that when you hit that turbulence, yeah, you can, you know, you can get through it or, you know, that belief like you had against Oklahoma state in 2004, right?
1: That's, that's, that's super important. And, and I mean, in that, and I I really, really, um, you know, feel more cause going to the, going to detroit in the nfl you you, there is that question of am i working hard enough what is the standard and and at texas i I really hats off to coach madden especially for our time um he he really reinforced what the standard of what fortitude looked like um the pride and winning tradition of the texas longhorn will not be entrusted to the weaker team i'm 40 years old and that's still ingrained in me and so there's a great opportunity that Coach Sark has and the rest of the guys, clean slate. You know, it's it, people, we're watching them, of course, but you know, there's not a hundred thousand people in the stands at the moment. The bullets are live-ish. <laughs> like, there's a lot of opportunity to instill that culture and and find your leaders. Uh, Chip, you asked me what happened, and last last year, oh, you know, I as a as an old cat and as a it, as the next player, I'm looking. Who's who's the leader? Who's the vocal guy? Who is who is stepping out and taking responsibility when things aren't going right? Who is grabbing? Um, who is grabbing the rookie and telling him it, it's okay? You dropped that pass. Like let's go. Where are you know like the sideline? Where where are the walk-ons and third string and freshmen who are jumping on the seats, yelling and saying? is going down and bringing that atmosphere that helps the offense and defense continue to win and those are just some small things that that I see that I know that they're putting they're putting in the work to get that culture going though
0: so who are you looking to for you know to help turn this thing like or or just what you're excited about you know to see either in a new role or someone step up Couple, you know, couple positions, players, whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah let's let, let's run through it. I mean, you, you looking at the offense, I, the energy that I'm really feeling at the moment has really been from a couple of new coaches that that have come on the scene, um, Coach Choice and, and Coach Marion. Uh, I mean, what and you can see on social media what they're putting out there, the kind of content that they're talking, the way that they're doing the drills there's something a little bit different, um, which is a, which is an indicator that I'm watching those positions. Um, and, and they brought in some really, really, really great talent. I mean, and, and you got Xavier Worthy, you got Whittington, you got Bijan, you've got the pieces there. Um, but we have to see like, what is actually the voice of the offense? Who is the offense? What is it? What? And I'm really looking on the, in the trenches because, you know, Yours card can can throw the ball a mile and a half, but you, if you can't keep the guy safe, there, it's no, there's nothing that you can do. And on the defensive side, if you're not stopping the run up front and getting pressure on the quarterback, it's going to be a long day in the Big 12. That That's just what it is. And so I'm, I'm, I'm focusing in. And last year, I really saw just some incredible, credible leadership and, and gameplay from uh, Demo from Demarion on Overshawn. I'm excited to have him back. Um, and Brockemeyer too, when he when he's healthy. And and we're not talking about playing time. We're talking about stability and leadership. Um, when those guys are on the field, something special happening. Bijan has really started to walk into that. I'm the guy, um, and I'm gonna lead this offense. You saw it, he was in people's faces last year. He was doing it, and from what and that seems a bit of a turn from how he started off. You know, he's kind of like, I'm the running back, you know, it's cool, it's cool. But he was in there because I, I, I feel like, I feel like he sees the opportunity with his ability and then also with the players that are next to him. If I can get the players to play as hard as they can, maybe we can get to where we want to go. So always doing that. Um, defensive line, um, high hopes there. Um, and. Everybody's watching the secondary. Where's that all gonna shuffle out? Like, how's it gonna do? Um and and I and I hats off to Coach Sark. I he's I know he's got a plan and, and and the offensive defensive coordinators there, but you know, and and what is Quinn gonna do? Yeah. He hasn't played in he hasn't played in a couple of years. Right. Um, which isn't a total That would keep him from from being successful. Not at all. It's just that it is a data point. Uh, I want to I want to see him get in there and and from what I can tell, he's taking he's taking shots, he's making some plays, and he's he's failing too. And I like that from a quarterback because get get the quarterback the ball and let him do his thing. He'll get to the place where he's where where it's like clockwork, but you know, it's season ring ball, yeah. So get out there, and take some shots. Let's let let let's be electric. You got to Xavier Worthy. Because if you get him the ball, like we saw in OU, he might take it to the house. So it is what it is.
0: Yeah, like on a bubble screen. Um, you know, Daniel also said it helps when you're big guys, and you hit hint on uh, you hit on this too with Casey Hampton and Sean Rogers. It helps when your big guys are your most feared and respected leaders, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's, that, yeah,
1: that's
0: that's what they need on both sides of the ball.
1: Yeah,
0: um, need those.
1: There is, Coach Brown did a really good job of recruiting nice guys who were dogs on the field. And, you know, I think sometimes you got to see a nice guy who's also a dog to know that, hey, I can be smart, nice, kind, and then rip rip that field apart. And so I, I think they're, they're growing into that and learning what that looks like. Um, in this era of modern football, you actually have to manage yourself well off the field um, and be able to do your job on the field because of social media and all the stuff out there. So well, I'm excited to watch the guys grow in that this year.
0: Yeah. Okay. So if it, who's a player you think who could surprise or you, or uh, who you think is like ready for a breakout type season? OV. OV. OV a gofu. OV a gofu.
1: Okay. Um, and, and also like David Penda. I, I, will, I, I loved how he held down the middle of the field last year when he got the play. Um, I could have it. I was like, "Hmm, who's this guy? What is what is he gonna do on the defensive side?" And, and Moro too. I, I just really like Moro as a human being and want Moro to succeed, of course. Um, and then guys to watch. I'm excited to watch a healthy Whittington yeah. do this thing. I mean, I claim him as a running back. He was a running back back in the day. That's right. He's a running back who's playing wide receiver slot. That. I think he's going to do some 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 really special things and Billingsley. I want to see I want to watch I want to watch him do his thing as. That in between wide out tight end and I think the questions will be can he block on the run? Um, Can he hold up and max protect? Um, Because if he can that gives a whole nother angle to the to the offense. I'm excited to see that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I look at this thing and I say, um, and I, I, it's interesting you say David Benda because he's more physical yeah, in some ways than, than Demo, you know, yeah. I mean, Demo's lightning yeah. sideline to sideline, yeah. but David will go stick his face in there and, yeah, he and, will. and take a block and, you know, and shed it and make the play. And I think, You know, they're trying to get Demo to play more physical, be able to shed that block and and make the play. And look, Derek Johnson went through that too. He He was so fast. He would go under blocks. He'd go around blocks. And Greg Robinson said, DJ, you got to take on that block. We need that block to be absorbed and then throw him to the ground, make play. I I get it. But I'm excited to see that too. I think Jalen Ford is a guy too who's starting to figure it out. So – you Know that defense, you said it, you gotta stop the run. And gotcha. Moro Ojimo said that he's like, and everyone's like, Why can't you get any pressure on the passer? He's like, We didn't stop the run, so they didn't even need to pass. Yeah. You know, and that's that's something that that uh you know Pete Kwiatkowski, maybe with a little input from Gary Patterson, yeah. They can get that fixed.
1: Yeah, and that and that's definitely the hope. I mean, everybody knows what needs to happen. Uh, everybody understands. I mean, after a year, year or two of watching people, you understand their limits and you understand who you need to bring in to get that done. And now this is, I love spring ball. It's awesome. But spring ball is for gelling. Spring ball is for getting to know your coaches. It's for busting yo behind and getting, getting bigger, getting stronger because the real test comes two days. Right now, what you're doing is qualifying yourself to compete for a job in the fall. That's it. And, and, if, and if you're thinking anything else, you're mistaken. What's, what these guys need to do, relax. Let the shoulders go. All of Texas is behind you. We, we love you. We got your back. Just go play ball and be you. Be a kid. Enjoy it. Just enjoy being an athlete. Enjoy the opportunity. And and let that hundred and some thousand people every time in the stands just bring that energy. Yeah, nothing like it.
0: Love it. I love it. All right, well, we got to get you back on after spring, yeah. after the spring game. And let's get your thoughts on what you saw.
1: Yeah, for sure. Chip, thank cool? you so much for having me.
0: Really appreciate it. Hey, I loved it. I love the conversation uh, for Will Matthews. I am Chip Brown. Thanks for listening to the flagship podcast. Until next time, we'll see you over at horns247.com. Stay safe and keep the faith.